Hi everyone, I'm Les. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to Anthropotamus, where we explore some of your favorite anthropology topics. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Anthropotamus. This book discussion, we will be discussing Counting the Cost by Jill Duggar and her husband, Derek. Um, oh man, so much to say about this. This this is probably one of our favorite books we've read. And this book, is any cultural anthropologist out there would probably just love it. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yep. So... Uh... Um, so we were actually supposed to do this book last month, but, uh, life kind of took control and we lost track of everything. So we're doing it now. Uh, but because we we're supposed to do it last month, uh, Les actually reread it. It was so good. He wanted to make sure to reread it. I did not, unfortunately, but I still remember a lot because that's how good it was. But now here we are finally discussing it. Yeah. Um, so it it's not a it's not an incredibly long book. I'll just start by saying that it's not an incredibly long book. But in the time that they have, um, like so much is said, and and um, I I probably reread it largely because it um, it resonated with uh, my thoughts on religion a, like a lot. Uh, it does, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm just going to be upfront with that. I'm, um, my feelings on religion are complicated at best and at worst they can be downright hostile. Uh, but the way that, um, Jill Duggar discusses her life and her struggles and, uh, just in general, the, the, the amount of abuse and, and cultishness in the uh in this book it, it was it, it makes you relook at what you what, what you already um believe and reassess i guess is what i'm trying to say uh but to sum it up a little bit um i enjoyed it a lot so much that i read it twice in in the space of two months so for those who don't know the Duggar family had their own TV show. Um, I don't. I don't even know when their first show. Actually, their first show wasn't even a show. I think it was a short documentary. Um, I want to say it came out in the '90s or early 2000s. Um, and honestly, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not Christian uh, at the time. I guess I was. Um, but when I watched the show, honestly, even as a young girl, I was impressed with the family. Actually, I think you can still find um, it on YouTube. But I mean, it was such a large family and they worked so well together as a team. And it was so impressive. And you see these children helping, you know, take care of each other and helping with the groceries. The one scene, that stuck with me. You got like this eight-year-old little girl carrying like 20 pounds of pickles into the house as they're moving groceries in. I mean, I have a hard time getting my one nine-year-old to take a shower, let alone, you know, having a whole household of children. I think at the time when the show came out, they had like 14 kids. It was, I mean, it was, it was something, it was extremely impressive. And then they're building their own house. So when they first came out, all this, uh, right, it's right, I don't know if they call it right wing extremist Christian beliefs. I don't even know if I would call that right wing. It's just extremist beliefs. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't, it was a cult. It's yeah. basically a cult. Um, but that hadn't come to light yet. Yeah. Um, and as the years went on and they had multiple shows and then the, the controversy with the oldest brother, um, yeah, I just, when she came out with this book and I saw on Twitter, everybody discussing it and how great it was for her to come out with this stuff. Um, uh, I, I just, I had to read it. I had to know what everyone was talking about. Growing up, I had an uncle in my family who had married into a, a fundamentalist Christian group. I don't believe it was the same one. I, it might've been, I, I don't know 
for sure. I tried to reach out to them after reading this book, but uh, they, I, well, they didn't want to talk. I just put it that way. Um, they didn't want to talk. I, I do know that um, one of the children from this family, uh, and I shouldn't say his name, so I'm not going to, but um, one of the children from that part of the family uh, was trying to get out a number of years ago, and um, at some point after he was an adult, and I mean he's already 1920 at this point, uh, he was forcibly stripped of all of his uh, electronics, and he just went dark on the internet, and I haven't heard from him since. Um, the, the cultishness in this group is, frankly, scary, and it makes me think about how indoctrination works, and uh, I'd like to contrast that against what we call culture and how well compare and contrast i suppose because it's it's very similar to to a culture except that it's very constructed and insular in that um you know others opinions are labeled evil you know you you can't have somebody else's ideas or opinions involved otherwise it doesn't really work does it and then when, when you're looking at regular culture, everybody involved, everybody in your life is building upon it and showing you what things are like and how to do certain things and what is right and what is wrong, right? But we can take it even further and look at the way that um, different governments use the same concept, right? So, I mean, I'm not going to point out the specific governments because, again, I don't want to be a uh, hot-button on that one, but uh, there are certain certain um, dictatorships in the world that, and, and I mean, I guess dictatorships in general do this, but um, they entirely cut off their people from the outside world as much as possible. Uh, obviously, in, in the current, you know, state of affairs that the world's in, it's much more difficult to limit um, access to the internet and so on. But um, it's that same mentality. Everything relies on that one person in the center, right? That one person who controls all of it and who is essentially deified. And I guess that's what I wanted to say. Jill Duggar's father uh, raised himself up on a pedestal, which, I mean, it. If you if if anybody out there is religious and takes issue with the what I'm about to say. I apologize in advance, but the truth is it seems like he created himself as a false idol for his family and for the people that followed his teaching in the world through his show, right? His his or ministry. false prophet. I would probably use prophet. Well yeah I mean prophet might be might be the right word, but I think that prophet tends to like that like you're speaking for God and I never. I don't think he ever claimed to be a, a, a prophet, but he never claimed to be a prophet. But it was always, oh, I'm doing God's work. God has put us in this situation so I could spread the message. Yeah, I mean, either way, he he definitely made himself the center of attention and glorified himself through God, using God as a tool to to make himself more. And, you know, and Jill Duggar brings up several examples of that in in her book as well like when he was bragging about the uh the girl with the tattoos who said she changed her life because of his show and his teachings and all this other stuff mm -hmm. um i just have to say her husband jill's husband derek yeah. right yeah. is that that man is a freaking angel to have put up with this, her family, the way he did. Oh, my and God. And the patience he had for her family and the support he gave her. He never, he, it, you know, you later find out he never really believed, like, of course in not. Yeah. Their, their, the way they believed. But he never said anything until she was ready to realize, hey, this stuff isn't wrong. And it's, you know, and he was always there to support her. Even, like... <laughs> I thought it was strange this like the whole time when she decided she wanted to wear pants and start having a drink here and there. He's like, yeah, it's totally fine. And he just 
never said anything until she decided to realize, I think I'm ready to transition out of my, this belief system I grew yeah. up in. Um, I, I, I just amazing in the and him. And I really think that the two of them going traveling outside the country without her family like I'm not I'm not really a supporter of missionary work but I think for her being able to go out of the country and do that missionary work without the influence of her family I think had a huge impact on how she perceived the world and was able to analyze what you know her own faith without that inter- her father's interference um, and she, she wouldn't have done that I don't think without him Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that um I so I don't even know if he understood when he was what he was getting into. I don't think he actually understood what he was getting into when he first started courting Jill. I don't think he could have like realistically how how could you walk into, you know, a family like like that and with the total control that um that Jim Bob Duggar by the way, his name is Jim Bob. Um, <laughs> if you if you didn't know that, now you know. <laughs> I mean, okay. To be to be fair, though, James Robert is a very lovely name. Jim James Bob. Robert, James James Robert. <laughs> but Jim he Bob. went by Jim Bob. <laughs> but he went by Jim Bob. So it, it's like, oh man. Um, that is as country as it gets, my friend. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I've got ties to to family back in Missouri. Not that I reach out, not, you know, not that we talk much, but um, I've got ties to family back in Missouri. I don't think I've ever met anybody named Jim Bob in person. Um, I, I've got ties to family who live up in the hills, like I'm talking mountain people here, and it's like, and I love them to death, but none of them are named Jim Bob. Um, there were a few of them who have some interesting names uh, and, and you know, I'm not going to bring them up here because that would just, I mean, while it would prove my point, I really don't want to bring <laughs> them into this. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, that that's one hell of a name, <laughs> but uh, I, I got off track. What, what was I saying? I don't know. I got distracted uh, with Jim Bob. <laughs> um, I think I was talking about how how Derek couldn't have understood what he was getting into. Either way, uh, he he handled it very well, and and like you said, mm-hmm. without him, I don't know that Jill would have ever pulled away from her family like that, or not pulled away, but seen you know beyond her family. Mm-hmm. There was a wall of silence and a a shield to the you know a shield from the outside world placed put in place so that they couldn't see what was happening um you know like her, her we're not you know getting through this book i'm like her father is basically a narcissist um absolutely and so manipulative and you know i i was very impressed by you know her coming to this realization but at the same time still being like I love my parents. I still want them in my life. I just want them to understand, you know, this is this is my faith and I'm not going to blindly follow them anymore. And the fact that she still works so hard to keep that relationship with them and even, you know, going through therapy and whatnot, um, I found that very impressive because I'm the type of person, if you're a ginormous a-hole, whether you're not your family, I'm just not going to keep you in my life. See... I understand that impulse, but I also understand where Jill's coming from, and and I say that because uh, there there are a lot of things that people do and a lot of mistakes that people make, and I've had family who have made some enormous mistakes time and time and time again, and while I have had to remove certain you know individuals from my life, it's there's always the want to keep them there i have i have a cousin in particular who you know i don't think i will ever see him as a functioning member of society or you know anything in close to that regard 
just because of everything that he's done and everything that he he lives for now. Uh, and I haven't talked to him in close to seven years, but I still wish that I could have had him in my life because growing up, he was he was he was my old he was the, the closest thing I had to an older brother. So I can understand why you would want to keep somebody in your life, even with all of that, you know, abuse. I get that, but this isn't just you know, of somebody made a mistake. We all make mistakes. We all screw up. This is somebody who was trying to completely control her entire life, not even her life, but her husband's life and her children's lives, and even to the point where it was controlling their financial situation. It wasn't getting, you know, all that money that was supposed to go to them. He took it and then well, I was like, oh, but I got you this stuff instead. But I'm like, that doesn't equivalent to, you know, how much you were supposed to be giving her. They were, they were basically poor yeah. because of her father. And then he, you know, someone who's going to get upset and mad at you because you decided to wear pants. Like, that's that's not somebody who makes a mistake. That is someone who needs to just, I think, just, yeah. Yeah, no, I, and let's talk about the ethics of, of some of that right there. Uh, just l starting with um, his total financial control over everybody in his family. And, and right there we can start looking at um, where the cultishness really comes in, how none of them really have possessions or anything like that at all. It, it's, you know, the family buys everything, and you can't really have anything to, you know, that that is, you know, substance, nothing but the family matters. So, you know, in, in, well, I think in his mind, it's like, well, I'm providing for you everything that you need. And part of everything that you need is, you know, that entertainment aspect of life and so on. And so, and, and so he provides that through more family and, so, and keeping people busy, stuff like that. I don't think he ever actually believed he was doing anything wrong by keeping all of that money. Uh, I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say that because... If I remember correctly, he was putting on the taxes that supposedly he was giving them this money and then they were supposed to end up paying all this these taxes that they didn't know they were supposed to be paying. He screwed them over. Oh, for sure. And then Absolutely. he made up excuses for it. Like you screwed your children over. Not only were you not giving them money, but you're causing them to have to pay money that they didn't have. And then he was going and giving all these random families places to live acting like he's some saint and so that he can look good in his community so i don't and, see i can't speak to what is actually in his mind but it seems to me like he like his his children weren't real people to him at least not until later in his life but he was treating them like they were just extensions of himself and so but i think but i think that's how he saw it because right uh it was always supposed to be the family always follows the father figure, even as they become adults. Which, by the way, is ridiculous. And I'm just going to say it loud and proud. Uh, any of you out there who are in this kind of relationship, get out. Just, yeah, just, if you're an adult who's still out. blindly following your parents and as like the Duggars, then that's, that's not good. I mean, total, I hate to, I hate to pass judgment, but there, there comes okay. to a point where it's like, yeah, yeah, somebody so getting it, mad at you for wearing pants. It's not okay. No, it, it, it's, it, that is beyond the pale. And, and when you, when you, ah, oh, man. Um, so anyway, let's get back on track. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, and you know what's interesting is, and I remember reading about whoever, the, whatever the guy's name is, that, whatever the guy's name is, that was the head of the their their um, set was the Independent Fundamentalist Baptist or whatever. I don't know what the guy's name was, but um, he eventually I think got caught for like sexual assault of yeah. 
young girls and then he was all the girls were expected to have the same hair their hair the same way and their clothes the same way and he always picked the same looking girls to work for him and then sexually saw them was like you know this is happening and you're still following this man who preached that you got to have tons of children but i don't think he even had his own children so he wasn't even following his own like preaching yep she actually um talks about that jill actually says um, that uh, it seemed like he was a, the only one who was above the rules. He he mm-hmm. he preached this, but things were different when it came to him. Uh, yeah, and, and now the crazy thing is, um, she mentioned it, and I don't know if, um, well, she mentioned that one of her sisters was uh, one of his you know his girls right they that was their their fun fun nickname for it, it she was one of one of uh, so and so's girls i can't remember his name either um but uh when you find out later and they don't actually talk about whether or not anything happened with her i guess that's her story to tell if it did but um it, it's when you find out later that he was sexually assaulting all of these girls it really puts things into perspective how the power that these people wield through this dogma of theirs it's it's kind of insane i was just i was just looking at the set that i looked i just wanted to clarify so they are part of the independent fundamentalist baptist but they are also a part of the Institute of Basic Life Principles, which yeah, is what IBLP. I earlier I was trying to find what IBLP stood for, and I couldn't find it. But uh, <laughs> now it's here: Institute of Basic Life Principles, which I'm assuming is it like a subsect of the Independent Fundamentalists. So I think that was is like his specific thing that that he founded, and I get, I really wish I could. We should probably look up his name if if we can. But um, I think he specifically founded that, the IBLP, to help um, the uh, independent fundamentalist Baptists who didn't think that those churches were strict enough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, he, he essentially built his own little cult and spread it around the world. Like, he brought in people from, oh, gosh, I want to say the Ukraine, but I might be wrong about that. Um, okay, the wait. founder is Bill Gothard. Gothard. Bill Gothard, yes. Yeah, that was his name, Bill Gothard. Uh, and you know, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, he. He just he built a cult, and it's crazy because you hear all these. Like I grew up hearing stories about um, people building cults back in the '60s and '70s. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, the they still that, exist. Yeah, the fact that these things still happen, still exist, is insane. I think, and this I think one was part so of public. it. Yeah, especially after the Duggar show came out. Yeah, this one was huge. It was everybody was seeing this. Um, I think I think though it's, and I'm sure there's like a cultural anthropologist out there who studies cults. Actually, we need to find one. <laughs> that. Um, but, but um, I think the thing with cults is it makes people, people want to feel like they belong to something and that they have a purpose. And, uh, so, I mean, I, I get like why people would initially be attracted to maybe certain groups, but I mean, it comes to the point where it's like, Hey, red flags. So, it, you know, it, in, in a lot of the media, um, okay, let, let me take a new tact on this. Um, I think I think a lot of people out there watch like shorts like on TikTok and YouTube mm-hmm. and th- places like that, right? Um, every once in a while, I'll go on there and it's a huge time waster, by the way. If you oh, can God, stop, if you can stop, try. But... Um, <laughs> Like shorts are the worst thing to happen to media because they're so addictive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it, you know, every once in a while, if I'm on there and I'm scrolling through, I'll get some religious person who's, you know, preaching about 
their their lifestyle and their beliefs and whatnot, uh, right? And I usually just say, don't recommend this because I'm not interested, right? That's not my business. I don't really care that much. But on occasion, I'll get somebody who like talks about how if life isn't like I had one recently. The the guy was saying, if life isn't going your way, don't blame God. You're just not praying hard enough, or you're not believing enough, or you're not relying on God enough. And I'm like, okay, so so hold on a second. We literally just did an episode on somebody who was talking about how we, you know, people who believe will frame their lives through the lens of God gives you everything and, and everything, all credit to God and all this other stuff, right? That third dimension of perspective. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't apply if bad things are happening. Yeah, no, that's not God's fault. Right? That that's that's because you aren't being, you know, somewhere in your life. I don't know, you know, don't know where it is. You have to figure that out for yourself. But somewhere in your life, you're not believing enough. You're not trusting in God enough. So, you know, that's why that's happening. My issue with people always saying, "Oh, pray, pray." It's like God didn't give you the ability to act for you to sit there and pray. Yep. Whether or not you're religious, it's at the end of the day, your actions have consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we are totally getting off the book. See, I, I know that we're getting off the book, but I think this, I, I do yeah. think that this is, this is very applicable to the book. I mean, it's the, you know, this whole book is, is a discussion of her faith. And I guess the reason that I, I kind of wanted to share that viewpoint is because I am amazed like truly amazed that she still has faith in any god much less you know the one that she was raised on considering what she's been through and what she's learned i don't i don't think it's unusual unusual for us to have faith because once you start actually learning you know like christianity is um depending on the sect you're studying or you know when you know you get out of that those fundamentalist group, it's a very different teaching, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's unusual that she still believes in God. Maybe it's not unusual, but, and, and you know, that, that I guess shows the power of that idealism, but it's just, it's baffling to me. Then again, I do have a very different background when it comes to religion, right? So, yeah. you know, it, um, it's, uh, like I mentioned, that you know, my my viewpoints on religion are, are complex. So it, it has a place in the, in the world. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it doesn't. It does have a place in the world. It's just not in my life. So there's that. Yeah. Um. I found it very interesting that 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 section when they're discussing her brother when he got caught. That was that. That what I can't remember the name of the website and him yeah. cheating on his wife and then uh, I don't know whatever else the authorities were looking into his computers I don't even remember all the details but how their father brought oh and then he got caught with you know the whole you know touching girls when he was younger um, stories came out and how the father brought everyone together. How are we going to basically, how are we going to protect your brother and cover up all the things he did? It's your responsibility to help him cover all this up. And it's like, seriously, uh-huh. how are you going to bring them in to this like that? How so, are you so desperate to cover up his mistakes? Honestly, I just, I couldn't believe he brought, I guess I could believe he brought his, his whole family like that. Without making any accusations here. All I want to point out is considering the teachings that he, you know, he believes in and what he taught his wife and daughters and and his children and the fact that, you know, despite the teachings against going and, you know, looking at um, porn and all these other things that his his son was accused of, um, he, one of the specific beliefs that he repeat it was repeated over and over in the book was that women or move you know moving in the wrong way can give men bad thoughts and 
that is on whoever is doing the movement that that blame falls on that person not the person thinking these thoughts not the, the you know anything else like that but the person who is walking around wearing pants for example or you know dancing as another example uh, the blame falls on that person not any individual who's actually thinking these things so I, I wonder um, if this uh, if this father figure Jim Bob um, you know I wonder if he didn't have such an extreme reaction uh, to the outside world based on his own thoughts and and maybe that's one of the reasons he held so strict to his core beliefs is is because of that and I, I think that um, the fact that his son is doing these and he reacted so strongly against that is very telling on what he believes is right and wrong I don't think he he believes that his son was at fault for his own actions well there was um I mean, they did, I think when, when he was a teenager and he did, I, I can't remember what he did. I think he was just sexually assaulting young girls. His, his sisters. Uh, I think it was also a cousin too. or so. It was like a sister and a cousin or so. I don't remember. Yeah, but I don't um, uh, I know either way, he, he was touching girls inappropriately. Sure. Um, um, they actually sent him away mm-hmm. to go work with another I don't know. They sent him away so he can go have counseling with some other church member and I don't know, whatever they were doing. And I think to them, they were giving their son the help he needed when in reality, they probably should have got him some actual professional help, which they probably don't believe in because it's not within their religious group. So I think that the initially when he was young, the intent was there to help him so that this wouldn't continue on later in life, but it was the wrong steps to take. At least yeah, I believe, but... obviously it was the wrong. I'm a, I don't want to say, I be, at least that's what I believe, but obviously it was not the correct steps to take because later on in life he had a lot of issues. Yeah, so clearly they, you know, weren't able to help um, him. Uh, I forget his name too. Um, oh, God, the I don't... character, so there's the... <laughs> um, He's a central figure in the book because of his actions and, and all the harm that that caused. But uh, he's, yeah, I don't know. He's not somebody that uh, that should be glorified, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, his, uh... I really feel, in a way, like he did a lot of bad things. But I almost feel like, in a way, I feel bad for him because I feel like he actually really does need, like, mental health because of his upbringing and like all the perverted oh, for sure. stuff Absolutely. he's gone through, but he's just not getting that help. And, and his, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. And I'm, you know, hopefully it doesn't sound horrible, but I think his actions in a way are similar to Jill stepping away from their own family or no her own uh, her own beliefs in a way he's uh, trying to rebel against what he's been taught is true by by doing whatever he's doing and, and you know there's also the aspect of social taboos being enticing as well so anything that he's taught is specifically wrong is going to be innately more desirable because of his natural curiosity He's he's just he's got a very sick mind because he wasn't exposed to the other parts of life, if that makes sense. Like he, the the kids all being homeschooled, only being exposed to each other and maybe some other people from the uh, these church groups. It it's you're not properly socialized. You don't get to learn what is right and wrong from the entirety of society just the few people who are nearby you and they can't see everything the people who are super close to you never see everything you you have to be exposed to those outside sources who can tell you hey that's kind of messed up dude give me one second i'm gonna close this window because a lot of cars are driving by no worries
I don't, I don't want to say I completely, yes, I do think that the fact that he was so isolated and all these scenes probably made it seem more tempting to him. But at the same time, his other brothers weren't doing those things. Why just him? You know, I think there's a lot That's more fair. maybe going on with him mentally. And That's I found fair. it, I mean, I mean, there was, ish, I mean, even like when he was younger, he, what they had that whole boys group where they were like protests against like pornography or something. Yeah. It's like, why are you so focused on pro protesting pornography? Like it was uh, an excuse for them to talk about yeah. pornography. Yeah. So I, I, I think he just had issues from a young age and it just wasn't properly handled. And there's a lot more going on there than isolation. Okay. So this is off topic, but I just want to talk about just one little thing here. Why was part of their protest eating a pickle? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, why, why, why was, yeah, if it doesn't stop, we're going to eat a pickle at every meeting. How is that a protest? I think it uh, was just a dumb thing that kids made up. They yeah. were young kids. I think it was just yeah. a dumb kid thing. Yeah. <laughs> but that was I, really I agree with you. That was like, uh, you know, maybe I'm just defending pickles here because I like them so much. But it's like, um, what? I think it was just a kid thing. Kids okay. like to make have their own thing. Uh, yeah, that was the pickle oh, thing. Such was a weird, sacrifice! Yeah. Such a sacrifice! You're eating pickles. Oh my gosh. So I was a little unclear about um, I what was this that like what were those meetings when that abuse happened because she introduced the the abuse that happened to her but on the hand at the hands of her brother shortly after that those meetings after she started joining them so i was a little bit confused about whether or not that happened then or well did it incident. i'm not sure because i mean they brought up those meet those that little club at the beginning of the book right but then they don't start talking about um all the things he did till later on in the book so I don't know, maybe, I mean, maybe he started recognizing his attraction or his like want or need or desire to look at pornography and stuff and created that club. And then maybe eventually down the road, you know, started see, assaulting. I don't know. <laughs> see, I think that like you, you're absolutely right when you say there's something wrong with his, you know, with his mind. Um, and maybe, maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm wrong or something, but I, I think that he was, his mental growth was stunted. Like he was, he's in the mindscape of a child pretty much throughout his life. Every interaction that, you know, we read about in this book, his responses to things, that's what I would expect from maybe a seven year old, right? He, he shows no emotional or mental growth at all but i mean granted, and it's always let's go back to run to daddy so he could help me exactly but i mean i kind of feel like that's what his dad wants right of to course be in charge of their lives like that yeah yep it, he doesn't have any personal culpability or responsibility because he's just doing what daddy taught him mm-hmm uh, you know, you brought up the dancing earlier, yeah. briefly. Um, something I thought was, you know, uh, she she discusses that, you know, they weren't really allowed to listen to music and dance. They were only allowed to listen to certain music and dance a certain way. And they were not, they were told, no, you can't wiggle your butts and stuff like that because it's provocative. Um, but I did like that she at least told both the girls and boys not to do that. It wasn't just the girls don't behave inappropriately. It was boys and girls don't do this. I was like, I at least had to give a credit yeah. for that. It yeah, wasn't just true. the girls. And I do think that um, her mother was a lot more reasonable in her beliefs than, than their father. Oh, yeah. But it's also still... Well, she's, she bears a lot of responsibility for what happened to their children as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think mean, that might have been because she... she at, you know, she didn't grow up within the cult. She yeah. married into it. Yeah, so. she, she was definitely indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, remember the, I think there was a part where um, Jim Bob was talking to Jill about the nose piercing or, or the pants uh. or whichever it was. And um, says, well, your mom has this book about how dressing inappropriately or, or moving inappropriately can give men bad thoughts. You should give that a read. Oh, God. It's like, okay. Then don't look. <laughs> I'm just saying, all, all I'm saying is I don't care what you think. Thoughts aren't a crime. What I care about is your actions. If you mm -hmm. act inappropriately, you know, and, and not to be, you know, that guy, but like you do something wrong, sometimes you deserve to get put in your place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ugh, man, her dad is something I, I, I'm, yeah, I don't even know what to say anymore. Her dad is just. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, we can count the different labels we've given. He's a narcissist. He's a cult mm -hmm. leader. Um, he's an advocate for a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, his son is a pedophile. Um, what else? Um, and I am, and, and I mean, this book isn't about her brother. It's about her. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how his wife stayed with him. I'm not even sure if she, is she still with him? Let me, uh, I'm, I'm trying to Google if he's still with him. Is Josh... Tucker is still married. Yeah. Oh, they are still married. Oh, it's okay. So according to Yahoo, this came out in September. Anna and Josh are still married as he continues his prison sentence. However, a source told In Touch that Anna had been questioning their future. She took her wedding vows seriously and she wants to stand by her men and, and all that. But the reality of her situation is very difficult. Dear Anna, yeah. please run. Please run far, far away from your husband. Oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like, so. why would you? God does not want you to stay in. Yeah. Just God doesn't so want you to be in a relationship like that. So here's, here's, I mean, okay. So as somebody who is not religious, I don't feel qualified to tell you how you should treat your faith. What I will say is as a human being, you got to put yourself in. And not just yourself, but your family first. And you know you, what? You can't keep them in that situation. And if your own child was in a marriage like that, would you want them to stay? Would you want them to be in the marriage you're in? Because that's the example you're setting. Oh, man. So, I, I don't... Um, I mean, give her props for even sticking it out this long, She's though. She's got conviction of faith, and that's fantastic for her. But, like, there's only so much you can put up with, right? Yeah. And honestly, like, I can't imagine. You know, if I had a husband that was a pedophile, I don't, like, how do you, like, sleep with them at night? Like, I would be disgusted. Nobody would blame her for for leaving. Nobody well, would maybe his, leaving. maybe Josh's dad, <laughs> maybe Jim Bob. Yeah, but screw that guy. Jim yes. Bob is well. That's the name of somebody who would be in that situation. That's all I'm saying. Jim Bob. <laughs> da -da 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 -da. <laughs> um, I might uh, be, you know, I, I might be a little bit too critical about this, uh, but just realistically. Regardless of whether or not you believe in God or if you think there are any consequences for your actions in the afterlife, personally, I think once you're gone, you're gone. There's nothing. That does not make it okay to do those things. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just doesn't. And there's if there's no consequences in the afterlife, then realistically the only ones who can provide those consequences are us and he's in jail for a reason and he needs to stay there so like realistically she has a choice she's either going to be on her own for the rest of her life or however long he's in prison 
And then when he gets out, she has to worry about whether or not he's going to do these other things. I mean, so let, let's backtrack a little bit. Back when the, you know, the rules of, of marriage were, were first laid down, when you, you can't get divorced and everything else, do you know what the consequences were if you actually cheated or did anything like truly unacceptable? They would just kill you. That they would stone you to death, right? I think that depends on the culture you're talking about. I maybe it does, uh, but I, I, you just—I uh, mean, you just didn't get divorced. But I mean, the church. Well, I mean, that's—that was the whole thing with King Henry the Eighth, right? He kept killing his wives because the church wouldn't let him get a divorce. Yeah. I mean, in Islam, you're allowed up to like four divorces, so. You, know, you, you know, got four shots, and after that, you're stuck. I mean, if you can't make it after the fourth try, maybe you shouldn't be married. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Like, you know, I mean, maybe you're just not meant to be in that kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, I think that all depends on the culture and the time you're discussing. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even if you could get divorces, usually considered socially unacceptable. Yeah, but. I don't know. That, that's just so I, I do feel like once you get married you have a duty to be there and to help your partner as much as you are able but it goes and, both ways but it goes both ways and at a certain point you, he clearly doesn't want to get better he, he doesn't he doesn't feel any shame for what he did he's just his well we don't know that being put behind bars i mean we don't know that he could have he could be you know has going through a whole thing in prison with reevaluating his life and stuff now that well, he's it, not within his from, father's grasp right from what i understand about prison being what he is uh well he's uh he's gonna be reevaluating. yeah so, who, I mean, we don't know what he's going through right now. I mean, I don't think she should stay with him, but <laughs> that is my That's opinion. Fair. She's going to do what she wants. She's probably never going to hear this podcast, but, you know, maybe maybe he'll, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, uh, she Jill does discuss in the book that her dad, you know, has Google alerts every time. You know, yeah, their yeah. oh god, their families discuss. <laughs> <laughs> he might get a Google alert show about our podcast, but he, um, he might, he might. Uh, that but, would be interesting if he responded. I doubt it. He probably won't even listen to it. No, no, he probably won't. I mean, it's not like they're on the air anymore. That's true, but he might still follow. There. Maybe. I mean, he's a narcissist, though. So. He's a narcissist, yeah. It, you know, I, I think it, maybe at this... You know, I'm hoping that maybe at this point in his life, he's beyond all that, and he's just focusing on, you know, helping his family. Mm, I don't know. You know, that that would be the that would be the ideal situation. I hope. You know, at a certain point, you, you, you take a step back, and you just focus on support. I mean, what else do you have in your life? Like, realistically, what else is so important? that you have to spend your time doing that you can't help your 19 children and all of their grand all of your grandkids. Oh jeez. I yeah, am glad that children. I am glad that a lot of his children are like, yeah, we're good with no more than four children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean at a certain point, right? You just got to I'm amazed that woman has been able to have that many children, but I think she had complications the last like one or two of them. You know what's insane? I've actually met like two or three people who have who've, who've told me that they actually have 19 kids. That sounds... I, I didn't even like being pregnant the first time. I cannot imagine being pregnant. In, in my first children. anthropology class, in my first anthropology class, there was a, an older gentleman there. He was like, I don't know how old he was. He was like maybe 50, 60 years old, somewhere there. And... He's told me that he had 16 kids, mm. 16 kids with the same woman, oh, mind God. you. Ugh, that, I just, being pregnant sucks. I've never been. 
Never yeah, planned to be. I don't want to. I mean, I guess, <laughs> yeah. there's some people I think who get like happy hormones when they're pregnant and they really enjoy being pregnant. I was, I was not one of them. It uh, was not enjoyable. There was a lot of anxiety and depression. Um, right. And, you know, a lot of peeing on yourself. So, yeah, don't want to yeah, do that, that again. Doesn't, that doesn't sound like a, a fun <laughs> time. It doesn't. I will gladly adopt a child. I will take somebody <laughs> else's child. Oh, well, you should be careful how you say that. <laughs> uh, I will adopt so just so I don't have to go through pregnancy again. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. There's, I mean, when we started listening to this book, me and Les were, I mean, it's only four hours long. Um, we, I, oh, go ahead. It was four hours long. What, what did you listen to it at? Oh, I listened to it at like point, or 1.2. Um, so without so, the speed up, I think it's about four hours long. And that's not much of a speed up, but I mean, you got re- you listened to it in a day. I listened to it in two days. We were texting each other back and forth because it this book was just it just sucks you in, sucks you in. Yeah, but I I'm I'm looking at the book right now, and without enhancing the speed at all, it is seven hours and seven minutes. Oh, it is. Oh, I thought it was shorter than that. Okay, I thought it was shorter than that. I looked at my Audible wrong. No, I listened to this in two days. Um, I couldn't stop listening to it. I listened to it in the first time. I listened to it in the space of a night. Like I, I started it overnight and then finished it the next morning. Yeah, so um, you got it. if you haven't already listened, this book I think came out in September. Uh, you've give it a read or a listen, either one, uh, counting the costs with Jill Duggar and Derek. I don't know Derek's last name, honestly, it's not Duggar. <laughs> um, give it a listen. Um, and that's all we have to, I mean, there's lots more for us to say, but we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap this up. We got things to do. You have things to do. Uh, so until, until our next episode, don't forget to, uh, Follow us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, wherever else we're at. Uh, And we look forward to our next episode. Bye. Thank you all for listening. Distribution of Anthropotamus is in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. Please continue to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Anthropotamus for our latest episodes, show notes, and book discussion schedule.